You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So this is what it feels like. Thank you for coming back and rejoining us. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We are Jamie D and Big Newt. Big man, how you feeling today? Man, I, I'm I'm just emotionally exhausted. I mean, it's been a whirlwind the last 48 hours, man, to tell you the truth. I, I'm not tired like in a bad way, like when you work a 10 or 12 hour shift. I'm just like... Just emotionally tired, man, off the high that I've been on the last 48 hours, dude. Saturday must have been one of the best sports days of your life. Was it not? It was one of them. I ain't going to say one of the best, but it's just something that I feel like uh, my family and I are going to remember for a long time, man. It, it's just, I'm so happy. And then it was like with Notre Dame coupled with that also, man, and and getting the AFC East title for the first time in 25 years and just all day yesterday just talking to people I haven't talked to in years and it's kind of like man it's just it was wonderful dude I, I words can't explain it man it's just wonderful so for those of you who did not see the big man's twitter feed <laughs> nobody has shown up on television more than big newt himself Big Newt, anytime you turn on ESPN, there's a very good chance that Big Newt is in the crowd. You'll find him. He's right behind the bench at Michigan games. He's, you know, standing on the sideline at football games. The guy always shows up. Well, there's no fans in the stands these days. But lo and behold, there you were on television again. How the hell did that happen? (laughs) I would like to say that I got some cool story about that. It's really not a cool story. They college game day. Well, what are you talking about? Is we uh we did a spot for college game day. Obviously, uh they're doing it virtually, and uh they were in Charlotte, North Carolina for the ACC championship, the first time we ever played in that. Um, seeing that Notre Dame has uh never been in a conference before. And so they emailed me probably Tuesday and Wednesday. He was like, hey, you've been selected to be a virtual fan. Whoop-de-woo, here's the rules. We'll get back with you Friday night. So we're like, all right. So, you know, you get the kids. You tell them. You put on your little Notre Dame garb. You make a couple of signs or whatever. And so I guess, I mean, I guess they was fond of us or something. I guess they think my son is cute or something. Or, you know, being a biracial family was probably good for marketing. I don't know. But we was on the spot. And, uh 
yeah, I mean, we was like that family, and they was like, give us an address, y'all wonderful, you know, we're going to send you all kind of stuff and all this, so, you know, it was a great experience, man, we want to thank ESPN for it, so if you watch College Game Day, we was on there like six or seven times, and then throughout the day on Saturday, all the games leading up to the Notre Dame ACC game, which was at four o'clock, just like Buffalo, uh, they had our spot on there, and then they showed us at halftime you know, as Notre Dame fans. So it, it was great, man. You were on six or seven times? During college game day, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. That, that's incredible. And, you know, the picture that you posted, you have this this face that you're making where you're like, it's like you're yelling, the excitement, your eyes are squinting shut. My wife says that that's what she thinks of when she thinks of you. That's the image of you she has in her mind. <laughs> And to me, you look like Eric Cartman from South Park. I don't know what it was. It's like squinty face. Cartman. I'm like, it's Cartman. Not that boy Cartman, man. (laughs) I'm not saying you're anything like him. It was just a similar facial expression that he makes. I love Cartman, man. I used to watch the hell out of South Park, man. But yeah, man, it's just wonderful, man. Talking to everybody. Everybody saw it. They're like, Big Chris, man, we saw you on TV, whoop de woo and all that stuff. And then, obviously, once the B- Buffalo Bills game started, it went to almost radio silence for that. And I had both the TVs going in the boom-boom room, you know what I'm saying? And although Notre Dame didn't show up at all, man, it just really felt good uh, to get the win and win the AFC East with Buffalo, man. And it was just a fun game, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you never really worried, especially once uh, – Jerry Hughes got the uh, scoop and score. I mean, it was pretty, you know, much in hand at that point. So it, it felt, although Notre Dame couldn't pull it out, uh, Buffalo made me feel a lot better. So this is something that was spoken about on uh, the other podcast I'm on, Believe. But where were you the last time the Buffalo Bills won the division back in 1995? And I'm going to post a picture of it. I'm still looking for it, man. I was a senior at Missouri Western State University, man. And my senior picture, one of the pictures is me in a, uh, you know, the character uh, shirts, the Bills character shirts where they got the big heads and you see their faces like the cartoons. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I took my senior picture in that. My senior year, senior picture in college. So, yeah. And was, that was, you know, Jim Kelly, Andre Reed, Bruce Smith, Cornelius Bruce, Bennett, all Steve Tasker. Yep, I got all in. I'm going to find that picture and I'm going to post it on Twitter. Um, but, yeah, I was a senior at Missouri Western State last time we made it. And so uh, to follow up on that, man, I was talking to my friends about it, man, and it's it's different now. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going I'm to tell you, I, we're going to talk about the game also, but I was talking to all my friends about it, and obviously I had people, you know, trying to give me a hard time for ordering the AFC East T-shirt. And so mm-hmm. one friend in particular, Bernard Kinsey, really got on me, right? And so I, Bernard. I let him have it. He's up in Northern Virginia, and I let him have it. He was like, come on, Big Newt, you better than this, man. Yo, I can see Jalen being happy because we've never won during his lifetime, but you've been to Super Bowls. And once he said that, I kind of understand where he was coming from, but I had to explain to him, and this is what I want the feeler, uh, the, uh, this is what I want the uh, listeners to understand. Okay, when we were in the Super Bowl, I was young and I was still playing myself. So I was never I was nowhere near the fan that I am today. 
You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's kind of like a relationship. And, and this might not sound unromantic, but listen to me. I tell my wife all the time, I love you way more now than I did when I married you. And that sounds like an insult. But when I first got married, you know what I'm saying? Like I married my wife after knowing her for four years. Okay. So four years in, I still remember the other women I was with. Now, <laughs> now our wedding anniversary is next month. It'll be 14 years. And I've been with you almost 20 years. I don't even remember the last girl I kissed or touched. You all that I remember the last 20 years. You see what I'm saying? So I and so now I relate that to the Buffalo Bills. And I, once again, I don't mean to be crass, but I'm just being honest. You know what I'm saying? So when I was playing 1995, I was still playing. I was, you know, doing my thing. I was partying. I was in a fraternity. I wear myself. So Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills was only a small part of my life at that point. Now the Buffalo Bills is almost just as important as my family. You know, it's my family, it's God, society, you know what I'm saying? And then it's Buffalo Bills. You see what I'm saying? You, you understand <laughs> yeah. where I'm coming from? So it's like it's a way bigger part of my life. So I'm telling my boy Bernard from Northern Virginia, I'm telling him that it's way more important as you get older and you're in it longer, it's it's way more important to you. And so the love has grown so much. And so I'm telling him, and he was like, man, you, you've seen y'all in the Super Bowls. I was like, it wasn't a big deal to me. I mean, you're young. You're thinking this is where it's going to be the rest of your life. But now you got the 25 years of mediocrity. Well, not going to say 25 years. Let's say about 20-some years of mediocrity. So now to get back to where we are, where we have a franchise quarterback, now you can wear your stuff proudly. Think about all the years that you wore your Bills gear and you were embarrassed. You see what I'm saying? You wear your stuff to work. You wear your hat. They are, they are, man. Buffalo sucks. Buffalo sucks. But that's what makes Bill's Mafia so good, man. And this is what I keep telling Bernard that you can't understand. You don't know what the depth of love I have for my team is. You can't even wrap your mind around it. I told him. I was like, I understand what Jesus said in the Bible. You got to forgive them because they don't know. I got to forgive him. He don't understand the love that we have because <laughs> most people listen to me now. Follow me. Most people when their when their team is not doing good, they check out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, we never absolutely they do. Bills Mafia never checked out. You wear that as a badge of honor, so I don't blame you for thinking that's crazy because you don't understand the depths of which we love our team. You can't wrap your hand around it. He's a New Orleans Saints fan. When my boy played with the Saints, man, I used to go to the games and there'd be nobody in the stands. They wear bags over their heads. I used to go in the clubhouse and watch the Buffalo games on TV because it was nothing to watch in the stadium. You see what I'm saying? So I understand you not understanding me celebrating this, but this is for all the years. You daggum right, I'm going to order my T-shirt because this is for all the years that we have nothing to celebrate. So how dare you tell me I can't celebrate this? No, sir. I ordered my T-shirt. I put it up. It's confirmed. It'll be here after Christmas, unfortunately. But, yes, I put it up on on Twitter. I'm ordering my gear like I promised you. Get on that, man. Get on it. And you know, I, I I know exactly what you're saying because there's another side to it, which is you proudly say that you're a Buffalo Bills fan and the the laughs and the people saying, Oh, I'm sorry. And my favorite is when people would like boo, oh Bills boo. And my standard response is, what did they ever do to your team? Why don't you like them? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true, that's true. Uh, but you know, that was my way of deflecting. Um it, and it 
it kind of runs deeper than that. And I've seen some posts uh, about this on social media, but you know, it's people saying that not only is Buffalo a second-rate city and the whole area of Western New York is uh, a second-rate area, but the team was very representative of that. And, you know, people painted the four consecutive Super Bowls as being a complete failure. Somehow coming in second place is worse than finishing in last. I I don't understand that mentality, but we have, as Bills fans, been there year in and year out, watching the team, supporting the team, watching horrible decisions being made by the front office, by the coaching staff. And it's, it's like, we deserve to have this moment to celebrate and there's work to be done. Obviously there's work to be done still. They, they still have to, they've got the playoffs. And we said before the season began that if they didn't win a playoff game, this season was going to feel like a failure. And I am still somewhat believing of that. Um, you could convince me otherwise, but this is something that I haven't gotten into since I was really since I was in high school because 1988 happened when the Bills won their uh, divisional title for the first time since the 70s or something like that. I was in seventh grade at the time, and I had all the Bills gear saying AFC East champs, and I, I was sporting it proudly. And then came the Super Bowl years. Now, in high school, nothing mattered to me more than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, that was that was it for me. But like you, after the fourth Super Bowl, I then went to college. I was in Southwest Ohio, Cincinnati Bengals country. So I couldn't really see many Bills games unless they were nationally televised, which they were good back then. So they they did get some, you know, they got some prime slots, but you know, I, I couldn't watch them religiously. The internet was in its infancy back then. That's how old that's how old we are. We were in college before the internet. Mm-hmm. And um I I couldn't help but get away from it a little bit. But since then, the love affair has been reignited in large part because I've been able to watch the Buffalo Bills with our friends or friends that we made by watching games, including each other with the Bills backers of DC. And here we are today. And suddenly it's like, holy cow. This is a team with a chance, and we haven't seen this in so long. We might have a couple of star players on this team. Wow. You got to live it up right now, right? You got to, man. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, I'm really trying to conceptualize my feelings about this. And once again, just listening to WGR 550. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Listening to the post game, listening to it today, and just hearing everybody's stories, man, and it it almost make man like you got the young people that never knew this before, they ain't never seen a winning team. Okay, you got the older people who, man, I remember the rock pop, just hearing the stories, man, and it feels so good, dude. Once again, man, I mean, I I was on, I I didn't necessarily squirt tears, but I was damn near squirt tears, man. It make you feel so good. I'm glad you brought up WGR because I listened to it a little bit today. I was listening to Sal Capaccio, and he basically just opened up the phone lines and said, all right, tell me what you're thinking. Wow. Uh, Boy, is this moving to people. I mean, there was a dude that called up and recited poetry that he wrote about the Buffalo Bills. uh, Let's 
let's be honest, that takes balls to write poetry and read it on the radio. Yeah, it did, man. I thought Sal was going to cut him, and he let him do it, man. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, I, it, it, was, it was pretty amazing. And that's what the people who are not Bills fans don't understand. And that's what we, as our own little cult, that is Bills Mafia, it's what we relate to. It's why we jump through tables. It's why it's why you did a shot out of a bowling ball that I had just you, rolled around on the ground. <laughs> I knew you was going to bring that up. I swear to God, I knew you was going to bring that up, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shout out to Pinto Ron and them guys, man. That was awesome, dude. Uh, for those of you that didn't hear this story, and we talked about this before the season began, but Big Newt goes up to the stadium does the lot thing, comes back, he's all psyched up, and he says, I did a shot out of the bowling ball, just like you guys. And we're like, that's nasty. We've never done that. <laughs> you were so mad. Oh, I thought it was a rite of passage, man. I thought everybody did that, man. But I come to find out, man, I guess not. So luckily, I didn't get any herpes or anything from that bowling ball or nothing <laughs> I just thank God it went without without a hitch. So, oh yeah, oh, you were so mad at us. <laughs> I didn't know, man. <laughs> oh my God, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. So. I know you are. I should have thought of that, but oh well. When they say what they say is when you're when in Rome, do as a Roman. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. You know, there was a game that happened on Saturday also. Where the Bills really handed it to the Broncos, didn't they? Oh, man, it was so good, man. At any point, did you feel like the Bills were going to lose that game? No. Like I said no. before, no, not at all. Um, we Josh Allen was on point. I mean... The defense is looking good. Matt Milano was out there flying around, and it just looked like everything was working. It was no sweat at all. We, I knew it was just a matter of time before we started getting the lock, and he started looking like a, you know a young quarterback in this league. And and it, I didn't sweat at all, man. And then you had uh, everybody getting in on the action. Cole Beasley, man, hundred yards, digs. He had like thirty catches and two hundred yards. I mean, <laughs> and then, and then you, even, my boy Jake Kummer, I was like, "Where this dude come from?" I, I, I didn't know who he was, where he came from. He caught a wonderful slant pad, a deep slant man between two people. Man, that was just a thing of beauty, man. Oh, that throw! Oh, oh the so zip awesome. on that throw! Oh, he put some mustard on that. Oh man, he put some mustard on that catch up. I mean, and it was so accurate. Yeah, man, it was wonderful, man. It was wonderful. And And, and Josh Allen made a couple of throws in that game where his ball placement was perfect. That and the 55-yarder down the sideline to Stephon Diggs. They couldn't have been better throws. They were Aaron Rodgers-esque. And, you know, Josh Allen isn't the best when it comes to ball placement. You know, he's not in the the Brady-Rodgers-Mahomes territory there. But he does it sometimes, and... And when he looks that good, you could tell he's just playing with so much confidence right now. And it's something you want to see. He just, he believes in himself. He believes in his receivers. He, uh, he's not too worried about the offensive line, which can be questionable at times. 
and they really took advantage of the fact that, and, and let's be honest, this was not a fair fight. This was the Broncos missing five of their top seven defensive backs. Right. There's no way when you're that deep into your into your bench that you can keep up with the receivers that the Bills have. There's there's just no way. Right, right. I mean, it was pretty much smooth sailing, but you can't overestimate, underestimate people, man, because Scrubs beat good teams all the time, man. What about the Jets? The Jets knocked off Jets. the Rams, you know? And, then- and in doing so, perhaps cost themselves the number one overall pick for a generational talent. Yes. Like uh, what Lawrence, what's his first name? Trevor Lawrence. I keep wanting to call him Joey Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, Trevor Lawrence. Man, the Jets just can't get out their own way, man. They can't. They they. It's that's called can't get right. He just can't get right, dog. They can't do anything right. So, um, the Jets. I mean, now they lost the number. Well, as of right now, unless the Jacksonville Jaguars win a game, which I don't see that happening, uh, they will get the number one pick. So, I mean, Jet fans are livid. That they won that game, man. But I got to tell you, if it's like everything is aligning for this to be a great Christmas and holiday season. The Bills win their division. That's a great gift. And the Jets win, perhaps sending Trevor Lawrence to a different division, which is a wonderful thing also. Right, right. And it keeps getting better, man. This is the gift that keeps on giving because right now we're recording Monday Night Football, man. Cincinnati is up on Pittsburgh 16 nothing. So oh. if, by the time we get running with this recording and mix it down and produce it and stick the commercials in, we might be the two seed in the AFC. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, yeah, man. So that'll ensure we don't – I mean – I mean, I don't want to talk playoffs yet, but I guess we could touch on it, man. I mean, we'll have two home playoff games until we see Kansas City in the AFC uh, in the AFC championship. So that's something to think about. And wouldn't that be a gift to Bills fans if we actually are allowed to, at least in small numbers, get into the stadium for the playoff games, man? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Dude, it was people on Twitter saying that they're going to go to – they going to burn down Buffalo Stadium just so they can get a new stadium, man. And I can just see that happening, man. I, it would be bananas, dude. Like, and, and you've seen videos. I mean, when uh when the team got back uh Saturday night, okay, yep. and they was at the airport from Denver, man, the fans was out there, COVID and all. They had masks, everything out in the cold, support the team, man. That's awesome, man. And, and it – and once again, I can't reiterate this enough, the fact that you're out there in the cold during a pandemic, support your team, man, no matter what. And we've been doing this. It ain't like this, oh, we just started now, and this is some new-ish. I mean, we've been doing this. We've been here, been real. And think about the players that are new to the team, A.J. Klein, the rookies that have never seen Buffalo fans in action before. They were Klein was blown away by it. Yeah, most definitely, man. Everybody around the league know what we're about, man. And, and they know we treat our players better than almost anybody. So, I mean, I think it bodes well for free agencies coming up in uh, 
in the future, and then uh, hopefully we get good draft picks too. But I don't even want to talk about the future. I'm sorry. I, I told myself I wouldn't get on here doing that, man. It's it's all about now today, man. And I tell you, I couldn't be more happy. You know, there's a lot to be thankful for with this season. And, you know, 2020 has been a bit of a nut kicker, right? We We can agree on that. Definitely. Okay, so there still are things to be thankful for. Should we talk about that? Sure. All right. So I want to tell you that I am thankful for the Buffalo Bills quarterback ascending into potentially the top five in the NFL. I was going to be happy if he was, if he finished this season ranking 12th to 15th in the NFL. And I am thankful that he blew those expectations out of the water. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's uh, one of the top passers in the league, got 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, rushed for another eight. Um, depending on how much he plays against the Patriots and against the uh, Dolphins, I mean, he's going to blow away all the single-season records. And we have Hall of Fame-type guys as passers. We got Jack yep. Kemp and uh, you know, you had Drew Bledsoe, even though Drew Bledsoe might not be Hall yet. Uh people like Drew Bledsoe and then of course the uh incomparable Jim Kelly, man. So that's the, that's a hard list to break, and he's up there with some all time names. And you know, don't snooze on that season that Drew Bledsoe had in two thousand two. He was absolutely amazing, and they had two receivers that went over a thousand yards that season. It was he was incredible. So tell me, what are you thankful for? Well, obviously, besides health and my family, when it comes to sports, man, I couldn't ask for too much more. Uh, Buffalo, as far as, like you said, piggyback off what you said, far exceeded our expectations, and it's all about Josh Allen. Um, Once again, the the line has not changed with him, and he's far exceeded what any of us dreamed. If you would have told us this when we began this podcast, that he would be a 4,000-yard passer. And probably you you could pretty much say he's number three in the MVP. He's solid if number three in the MVP race. Yeah. Um, it's, Mahomes, it's Mahomes to take home and Aaron Rodgers, and then I would say everybody will have Josh Allen third. Um, for him to perform like this at this level this early in his third year, I mean – if we win the AFC East, once again, hopefully we can win a playoff game. And if we get that two seed, oh, my God, have a second home uh, playoff game, win that and go to the AFC championship, I mean, that would be heavenly. And then, of course, once again, I can't leave out my Notre Dame fighting Irish, man. Go undefeated in the regular season and uh, have a chance at the playoffs again. I mean, I'm fortunate that we got voted in. If uh, if Cincinnati, Texas A&M, or Oklahoma would have got voted in, I wouldn't have said peep. Um, I would have shook my hand because you can't go out there and get whooped like that and expect people to vote you in. But uh, politics are involved. I will readily admit that. And money has a lot to do with decisions that are mm-hmm. made. And everybody knows that people are going to watch a Notre Dame-Bama game. You have a lot of Notre Dame fans out there around the world, and then you got a lot of people that hate Notre Dame. If that would have been Cincinnati, Alabama, they would have got a fraction of the viewership, and that's what drives decisions. So, you know, it's it it really does. It's why the New York Yankees are always on television. 
Right. It's it's a huge market. There's a huge market for Notre Dame because of the lovers and the haters. So mm. I, it, it's it's the reality of it. Right. So I'm going to tell you something else that I'm thankful for, and it's very cliche, but hear me out. I'm thankful for my wife. Here's why. When, when COVID began and everybody was ordered to stay home, we both on the same Monday started working at our kitchen table, dining room table. We only have 800 square feet, so it's only a couple of rooms, right? And I sit down across from her and we start working. But Sitting across from me working is not just sitting across from somebody who is silently going about their business. My extroverted ADD loud ass is going a mile a minute. I'm pounding out drum beats on the table. I'm talking to myself. I do everything loud. I talk loud. I type loud. I rip ass loud. Like, I am constantly making noise of some kind. And then, uh, you know, a thought comes to my mind and I'm like, oh, 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 let me tell you about this story about this thing that happened when I was 13. And she's just looking at me and she's like, okay, I said, I I really have to work on this. Okay. Yeah. I I really need to work on this. But a half hour in, she stands up, she goes, this is not working. And she marches out of the room. And from that point forward, she worked in the other room and actually bought herself a desk to put in the other room because she knew that it would be absolutely impossible to for her to get anything done if she were sitting across from me. And I am thankful that I'm that I'm the annoying one in the relationship and she's not because it made everything go much more smoothly for me. <laughs> Your wife's awesome, man. But with that story, now I gotta say that I'm thankful for my wife too, or I'm gonna come off as a jerk when she listens to our podcast. So, Lynn, darling, you know I love you to death. So you know I'm thankful for you. Oh man, that's so cliche. I'm gonna I'm gonna edit that one out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's <laughs> yeah, I want your wife to be good and mad at you. I know, right? But lastly, I must say, man, I'm also thankful for you, man. I'm thankful for this opportunity to be on a podcast with one of my good friends and and being able to cut a check for something I enjoy dearly doing, man, and that's talking about our Buffalo Bills and, and spending time with my dog, man. You my boy. You my it boy, is. Blue. <laughs> I love that. You know, you're the first person that ever said that to me, and I was confused by that line. I think you sent it to me by text. I'm like, Blue? You're like, yeah, old school? Oh, like, oh, I haven't seen it yet. Oh my god! Oh, that I have seen it since then. That is a classic, man. Oh god, that's a good movie. Yes, it is so funny. Yeah, that's that's right up there with like Talladega Nights is one of my favorites. Oh yeah, oh yeah. If you're not first, Um, you're last. (laughs) Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Uh, see, my favorite was the scene at, at the bar when he's like, uh, w- when the uh, Formula One driver showed up, that just cracked me up. He's like, say, I love really sin pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sasha Byrne, ain't it? Yep, yeah. sure is. Yeah. Oh. That was a good movie, man. Yeah. So 
there's a game coming up. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We got one against the Pats, and uh, from all accounts, uh, Belichick didn't commit to starting Cam Newton. So uh, we might be seeing uh, uh, Jared Stenham at quarterback this Sunday. And if that happens, man, we just going to – I mean, I mean, I think we're going to roll them regardless if it's a game that we're really trying to win. I think it's more or less are we going to try to rest people or are we going to be strategic about what we put on tape or are we going to go out and try to really secure this number two spot, man? I mean, so I'm that's, that's more of the storyline to me than us actually beat the Patriots because, I mean, if we're just going to be in the three seed and don't care about falling to the four, it doesn't matter, then I think we'll rest people. One thing I can say, though, about the Denver game is I feel like a lot of guys went down. That was kind of troublesome. That's what I was going to bring up, and it was all in garbage time. You had Trey White with a stinger. A.J. Epinesa looked like he was knocked into next week. Didn't know where he was. Mm. You had Daryl Williams go down with a groin injury, and they haven't said anything about that. Um, There's one I'm forgetting here. Oh, yeah, Levi Wallace left the field uh, but returned. Also, Dawson Knox left with a stinger and came back into the game pretty quickly. Um, Normally, I don't think too much about that for meaningless games. But (laughs) when that started happening, when when the game meant nothing, I started getting a little bit concerned. Yeah, I did too, man. But I mean, it, it just shows the depth that we have. Because uh, I did, you mentioned Daryl Williams leaving and Ty Seki came in. It's like, man, I forgot all about my boy Ty, man. And I'm like, Ty had a good year last year. So to be able to come off the bench with somebody of that caliber, man, is just a testament to uh, Brandon Bean and what Sean McDermott helped bring to Buffalo, man. So I felt good about seeing those guys, but I definitely want to get guys healthy for the playoff push. So although I would love to sweep New England, I would love to beat Miami and secure number two, our health is most important. Right. So do you bring back somebody like John Brown? Or do you just activate him for the final game of the season so he can get some reps and you know play a little bit of game speed? Yeah, I think you you got to get him in the game. You don't want John Brown to come off. How I many? How long he been gone? At least a month. It's been oh, four games that he's missed. Yeah, before games, man, you don't want that first game back to be a playoff game. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I would definitely try to get him some reps, and we got to sit Stephon Diggs. Uh, sit him and then play John Brown. So, but like I said, I don't, I don't know how we're gonna play it as far as our seating is concerned, man. I mean, because imagine this. Look at this. Let's say if we go all out for the number two seed. That means we don't rest anybody. We go all in, right? Mm-hmm. So we would be thirteen and th- let's let's say if we win both games, thirteen and three, dude. That sounds damn good. That that's an epic record. Yet you're going to end up with Kansas City going 15 and one, right? Right. <laughs> like, of, it's, it's such a Buffalo Bills thing to happen, isn't it? That you have a historically great season, yet there's somebody with an even better record. It's just we we're snake bit like that all the time. But my thing is, do you try to beat Miami, get the record, get the two seed, and essentially knock Miami out the playoffs? Because it's a dog fight for that number seven spot between them and Baltimore. So 
I, I really I would rather see a rookie quarterback if I had. I mean, not saying we would play them, but I would rather see a rookie quarterback the third time than see Lamar Jackson. I agree with that, and the Ravens are playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way the playoffs are stacking up right now, we could potentially see we could potentially see three wild card teams with twelve wins. Yeah, think about it. Yeah, we, we've got you got the Browns, um, the Colts. Yep, and um, Miami. Actually, just two with. Uh, could Miami get there? And my, no. no, Miami only get the eleven wins. They, they could get to eleven. Okay, you could see two wild card teams with twelve wins, and a third with eleven. That's that's unbelievable. That's a really top heavy conference. Mm-hmm. And you have to look at the matchups. I think I don't know that the Bills match up with the Ravens very well. Right. I don't want to see Ravens in the first round, but then do you want to see Miami for a third time? It's hard to beat teams three times. It's hard to beat teams three times, and you'll be seeing them a week after you just played them. So now do you hide, like when we play them in two weeks, do you hide stuff because you might see them in the playoffs? See, it's a lot of it's a lot of moving parts here, man. But, I mean, it feels good to be talking about these things, but, you know. Right. Right. So it, it makes a difference because, you know, you, you have to think about the, the strategy going forward, and that includes what the other teams are going to be, be doing. Now, we know that the Dolphins are going to be fighting for every, every win they can get the, the next two, two games. But the Patriots, the Patriots are playing the Jets the last game of the season. Do you think Bill Belichick is thinking about his draft position and also keeping Trevor Lawrence out of the division. Do you think that he's going to try to throw that game? Ooh. I never thought about it like that. Mm, Conspiracy theory. Because if Jacksonville does something stupid, like wins another game, that's going to put... That's going to put the Jets back in the top draft position. Mm-hmm. I guess it depends on how long Belichick plans on sticking around, doesn't it? Yeah, that's true. If he's planning on retiring after this year, he's going to try to go out with a win. But if he plans on coaching another five years, he doesn't want to see a generational talent playing him twice a year. But I'm going to tell you what, man. I still think that Sam Darnold has talent. So... I... Just because you have Trevor Lawrence, that's not going to necessarily guarantee success. If you don't have a good front office and a good coach is going to cater to his abilities and put talent around him, then it probably doesn't matter. Because I think Sam Darnold, if they leave, if he leaves uh, the Jets, he can still go somewhere and have success, man. Because oh, you sure. can't tell me he can't play. Like once again, I talk to my friends that uh, are Saints fans, and I'm like, what would you give for Sam Darnold? They're like, hey, I would easily give a second, third round pick for him. And the way people are trading and getting sense to a dollar on trades, that would be a steal. He could still be a franchise quarterback, in my opinion. I think so too. And. You know, Adam Gase is a quarterback killer. Adam Gase, the coach of the Jets, made his name when he was the offensive coordinator 
for the Broncos when Peyton Manning was there. You mean to tell me he had a coach up Peyton Manning? No, he got the head coaching job with the Dolphins, destroyed Ryan Tannehill, who looked like he had talent. And now that Tannehill doesn't have to deal with him anymore, he's a pro bowler and actually has more touchdowns and fewer interceptions than Josh Allen does. He's fantastic now. Sam Darnold could have the exact same trajectory. So what would he do if you're the Jets? Frankly, I take the guy who I think is going to walk into the league and be a top five quarterback, not somebody that is going to be a reclamation project that even though I sank a lot of assets into it, the concept of sunk costs and sunk costs not mattering, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. Start with a clean slate. You don't have to sit there and try to figure out if you can get Sam Darnold, if he's broken permanently, if you can get him back to what he needs to be. Yeah, they they could have turned him into the next David Carr. And for those that don't remember, David Carr was a number one overall pick by the Texans who was sacked and hit so often in his first few years, you never found out if he could be any good because he developed so many bad habits from basically having his head knocked off every game. So what would you do if you're running the Buffalo Bills right now? Do you go for the wins in in the seating and trying to get the home games or... Do you rest your guys? It's a tough decision to make, but that's the decision that they're faced with starting on Monday night. I mean, if we could get that two seed, man, I want that two seed, dude. I want two home playoff games if if we can move on. Um, so let's go out and beat the Patriots. Let's go out and beat Miami and be 13-3 and three and have a very memorable season. I think about it this way. Wait to see what happens. So the Steelers are playing the Bengals Monday night. Then they are playing the Colts and the Browns. The Steelers could very well lose their last two games against teams that are very likely to be wildcard teams. If not the Colts, the Colts could they could win their division still. Mm-hmm. So y- there's a chance. There's a chance that the Steelers are going to go zero and two and actually thrust the Bills into that two seed. So I think you've got to go out against the Patriots and you've got to try to win that game. And you hope that the uh, that the Steelers lose. And if that's the case. You may be in a position to rest your starters against the Dolphins because you may be a game up by that point, depending on what happens with Monday Night Football. You may end up being a game up on the Steelers and you have the tiebreaker against them because you won head-to-head. You right. may not need to win that game against the Dolphins. That's but true. you have to beat the Patriots. Right. Right. That's true. Now that would be awesome. That would be terrific. That would be a solution to all the problems right there. Two consecutive losses. Actually, that would be four consecutive losses by the Steelers, by wouldn't the Steelers, it? Yeah, they'll be limping into the they'll be limping into the playoffs. Oh man, yeah. they're going the wrong direction. Yep, it happens. 
does. Oh, now I'm excited again. (laughs) (laughs) So, did you dive into that Tito's on Saturday? Oh, did I? Oh, my God. I I drank about (laughs) a half a bottle. Just about half a half a gallon. Oh yeah, man. I was feeling good. I was feeling good. I think That's Tito's needs to get on our advertising. We need to get paid as much as much as I spend with them and as much as we talk about it, we need to get something. Free merchandise or something. Free product. hmm Also, the uh Pro Bowl just got announced within the last hour, man. Congratulations to our five Pro Bowlers, Josh Allen, Andre Roberts. Um, Stefan Diggs and uh, T. White and then uh, Atmos. Um, but uh, Poyer. Breaking got, news. Yep. But uh, Poyer, who had uh, the most votes out of everybody in his position, fan votes, only one-third of the votes, and then the coaches and players of the two-thirds, so he didn't make it. So, And then everybody said, well, he might get in because, you know, people are going to miss the Pro Bowl because of being playing in the Super Bowl. But they're doing the Pro Bowl virtually, and they're, like, playing Madden or something with celebrities and stuff, so everyone's going to get to participate. So it won't be people admitted for that reason. So Poirier mm-hmm. was uh, not on that list, but congratulations to our five Pro Bowlers. Breaking right here on Jamie D and Big Newt. Yep. Yeah. It's probably about time to wrap up here. Do you have any final words or just the song? Well, as always, man, live, love, laugh, enjoy your family over Christmas, man. And, and, uh, yeah, be thankful for the blessings that 2020 is almost over. And as always, hey, hey. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.